0: You know, I've noticed since COVID, some of you have felt the freedom to move around the sanctuary. And you're all sitting in different... How can I take attendance if you guys keep moving <laughs> around? So, uh, so. Uh, you know, it hit me the other day, after uh, all the time I've been in Nashville, I'm going to be known for two things. One, I did little Jimmy Dickens' funeral. And uh, when it hit YouTube, I got emails from all over the, uh, all over the world, really, going, hey, you know, and, and my shoes. <laughs> now, I, I can't figure out, is that something about my sermons or are these really good shoes? I just don't, I just, I just, I just don't know. I'm afraid that when something happens, i say, going to say, anybody know Mike Glenn? Yeah, he was a guy with the shoes. And, uh, <laughs> well, I guess it could be worse, so I guess I'll take that. I have friends uh, who have Super Bowl rings, national championship rings. Uh, rings that celebrate that for that one moment in time, they were the best that ever was. And not one of these people played a down on the team. They were attorneys, front office people, trainers. Uh, they, They were those people that you see in the suits around the team. And Uh, or in the the shorts that are running everything to make sure the team can do what the team needs to do. Uh, These friends were part of the organization, but because in that moment the team won, everybody associated with the team won. If you talk to these people, they would tell you, yes, we won this game or we lost this game. It was we, even though they never got on the field. It was their team. They were part of that championship. They were part of that victory. They had done what was required of them so that the team could do what was required of it to win the championship. You do realize that that's what this moment is. That because Jesus Christ won the victory that he won, we gather together and we celebrate that victory. It wasn't us who walked up that road to Calvary. It wasn't us who, walked, who, were, who was hung on the cross. It wasn't us who was raised from the dead on that first Easter morning. But because he won, we get to get together together. And celebrate that victory. Amen. We were part of that team. That's what Paul is telling the Ephesians in chapter 4. Stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this very familiar passage. Therefore, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one, one another in love, having, having making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Therefore, there is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope you your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, Father of us all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Now, now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took captive captive, and he gave gifts to the people. But what does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth. And the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens to fill all things And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a statue measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Then we would no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. As Paul wrote to the Ephesians, the letter now comes to us. We pray that we would hear his teaching. Recognize your word that we would grow together strong in a unity in the oneness of you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Therefore, therefore, hint, hint, hint. Anytime you see Paul use the word therefore, he is about to make application of the teaching that he's just given you. Most of Paul's letters have this kind of outline. It's very loose. There will be an opening section of teaching, and then there will be a series of applications. Because what I've told you about Christ is true, therefore this is the way I want you now to live. There's always a hinge verse, a hinge verse that connects the first part with the second part. In Ephesians, it's chapter four, four, verse one. It's the hinge verse. Therefore, I want you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received in Christ Jesus. Because everything I have told you about who Christ is, about what he has done, now here is the way I want you to live. One of the reasons we love the book of Ephesians is that it is Paul's how-to manual. More than any other book, he gives us direct quotes on how we are to live with each other. Uh, Teachings about parenting, uh, teachings about work relationships, teachings about marriage are all in Ephesians. It's as if the Ephesians wrote Paul a letter and said, Hey, we're Christians, now what? Okay, now here is the way I want you to live. He says this is what happened. Christ wins the victory and like a returning conquering general, in those days the the conquering general would come and celebrate the battle by having a grand parade and they would throw gifts to the crowds who were around the street. They would, uh, stuff they had, the, the, the loot that they brought back, they would throw out to the crowds in celebration of the victory. That's the picture here. Because Christ is victorious, he's now returning to his people and throwing out the gifts of things that he has conquered. What's the first gift mentioned? Ah. Because I know you, you went right to the list, didn't you? How many of you wanted to say Apostles. The first gift mentioned, the first gift given, is unity. The oneness of the body. One of the great testimonies of the glory of God is the unity of his body. Different people from different places, different colors of skin, different ethnic backgrounds, different stories all united in the salvation experience with Jesus Christ. Do you know that in in fiction writing, there's only a handful of plots? Did you know this? It's it's man against man, man against himself, man against nature. Every great novel you have written that, that you ever read is one of these handful of stories. The details are what makes the story, but the story is a basic, basic plot. All of us have a lot of details in our stories. But they're all the same basic plot. It begins with, I was messed up. I was lost. I was broken. Details will will vary. But that's the beginning point. I was lost then Jesus found me. I tell you all the time, I get tickled at people who tell me they found Jesus. Jesus wasn't lost. You were lost. It's not the sheep that finds a shepherd. It's the shepherd that finds the sheep. And Jesus found you. You were lost, then you were found. Details will vary. Next part of the story is Jesus is now bringing you deeper and deeper into the fellowship, more and, and deeper and deeper into the relationship with himself. So, You were lost, you were found, now you are on this journey with Christ. Details will vary, it's all the same. So no matter when you you say, I don't know if I can go to that church, I don't have anything in common with those people, you have everything in common with those people. When you sit down on the pew, you know the person sitting next to you is in one of those three places. They're lost, they're being found, or they're being brought closer and closer to Christ. It's everybody's story. And that's one of the reasons that racial reconciliation is so important to the body. Because it is that moment when we tell the world only God can do unity like this. Now, (laughs) we live in a culture that is tearing everybody apart. Dividing us all into different kind of tribes. This is the place where we're all brought together in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Because there's no way you can hold the ocean in a thimble. You cannot hold all that Christ is. You can't hold all that Christ is. I can't. Together we come together and reveal the glory and the majesty of Christ in a way that none of us can do by ourselves. It takes all of us. Now, how does that unity work? It works because we're all here at the invitation of Christ. Did you see what Paul said? We come together in humility. We're all invited in. Nobody paid their way in. Nobody deserves to be here. We come together in all humility knowing that we've all been invited in the person of Jesus Christ. Christ has saved us. Christ has now said, come be part of my body. We're here because we bring something to the body. He gave some gifts to be an apostle and some prophets. Now Paul did not list all the gifts. Okay, He did not rank the gifts. He is preaching. He's he's saying them as fast as they come to his mind. Now I tell you, I've told you this before, I have a pet peeve. If you haven't pastored a church then leave Paul alone. I, I'm serious. If you have not pastored a church, you don't get half of what he's saying because it's not your experience. Uh, this part of the verse uh, where it says he ascended and descended, and what does it mean? I can't tell you the numbers of pages that are written on what that means. What does it mean? How high did he go? Where did he go? What did he do when he gets... He's preaching, people. He's preaching. Do you remember the story in uh, in Genesis? Uh, where Jacob is running from Esau and he falls asleep and in his dream he sees a ladder where there's angels coming and going and he gets up and says I didn't know but I was at the very house of the Lord and he calls the place Bethel which means house of God that's what Paul's thinking of this constant motion of God going anywhere he wants to go and doing anything he wants to do Taking anything he wants and giving it to his followers. He goes to the highest high. Ephesians tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual powers. He defeats those spiritual powers. He goes into the darkest hell. Peter tells us that that's where he preached so that everybody has a chance to hear the gospel. Nobody stops him. Satan does not say to Jesus, you cannot go here because I own hell. You show me the place where Christ gave Satan the deed to anything. He goes where he wants to go. He takes what he wants to take. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. He ascends and descends, and you don't stop him. And he gives you part of that victory. You know, I I don't know that you understand this, but this gift you have is part of the kingdom victory that Jesus shares with you now. It's a little token, it's a little down payment of what the victory will ultimately be. But now you and I have those gifts. Now notice, everybody has a gift. Nobody has all the gifts. But everybody has something to bring to the body so that the body will continue to be strengthened to do the work that Christ is calling us to do. So that we will continue to mature in the faith. What is the measure of maturity? He tells us, did you see it? so that you will grow into the stature measured by the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. We do not measure ourselves or gauge ourselves by looking at each other. There's always going to be somebody faster than you. There's always going to be somebody slower than you. And I'm always amazed at people when they say, well, you know, man, no, I I know I'm I'm, I'm bad, but I'm not like that guy, and they always point to an axe murderer. We always compare ourselves to Christ. And we're always looking to remove those things that are in our lives that are not in His and to put in our lives those things that are in His life that are not in ours so that the body continues to grow strong, matures, so we can do the work that Christ is calling us to do. So you won't be like a little kid and follow every stream of doctrine, every false teaching, jump on every bandwagon that comes through town you'll be able to tell cable news we're not listening because you have an opinion but there is one truth. Amen. There is one truth. Now, all of you have something. Now let me tell you the, 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 the thing about gifts. Because you have the gift and it is gift and we have this teaching of the world like you have to earn it. No, Jesus gives it to you. And when you have it as gift, you don't know you have it because it comes very easily to you, okay? Um, there are people in this, in this church that, that I just hate and they are musicians. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I don't have anything in my body that is musical. Nothing. Uh, and, and I love music but I, 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 can, I can work a radio and that's pretty much it. Like but this just, I got nothing. Now, now everybody has that gift, but because you don't know, the body has to tell you. Okay? The body has to say, hey, you're pretty good at this. You need to pay attention to that. When the body, when the people around you come out and say, hey, you need to pay attention to this. That's when you know you have the gifts. Some of you come up to me and go, I don't know, I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't stand up in front of people. That scares me to death. What you do scares me to death. Some of you sit in a small room with numbers all day. Shoot me now. <laughs> but let me tell you what happened a bunch of years ago when one of those guys who sits in a small room with numbers came to our church. He was the leader of the finance team at the time. And he says, we don't know where we're going to build, what we're going to build, how we're going to build. We do know we're going to build, so let's start paying on it now. We're still at 409 Franklin Road. So we start paying on this building long before it is ever designed, long before it is ever built. We started making payments and we built up a war chest. We built up a huge war chest and nobody knew it because he started the debt wedge at 2% of the budget. And it went up every year. Some of you remember this. When we paid the building off, We had a $2.5 million windfall for ministry because of this finance chairman's insight and wisdom and leadership. I had nothing to do with that. Well, I did. Okay, I sat there and go, yes, that was a good idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) That was my total involvement. But look what it did for our church. You have that same gift. You have that same ability, that same impact. Because what the church wants to do, God has already put the people who can do that, or parts of it, in the body with you. Now, therefore, what do we want you to do with that? Some of you are here, and you say, I don't know my gift. I literally do not know my gift. That's okay. I want you to leave here right after we say amen. I want you to head over to the Welcome Center. I want you to find our team, and they will help you start the process to help you discern your gifts and find the place where God wants you to engage. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to the Welcome Center. Okay? we believe God sent you here because you are uniquely gifted to be part of the mission and ministry of Brentwood Baptist Church. And we believe it is our calling to help you get into a place where you can make that kind of difference. It happens all the time around here. Um, you hear about the deaf work, the deaf Bible. That, the deaf Bible is used all over the world and it's done right over here and it was started by a couple of lay people in our church who had that passion. Happens all the time. So You get started. You'll be part of this church. You'll be part of what God's doing here. We'd love to have you. Our team will be waiting on you in the Welcome Center. And if you're here and you didn't know you were part of this, you didn't know you were part of this family, Don't go home without knowing who you are, without knowing who Jesus Christ is. We're waiting on you in the Welcome Center. You come. Don't leave here with those questions still unanswered. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the choices you make, that we make, will be exactly what you want from us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.